Hey, Mabel. Hey, Tori. Hey, playwrights. Welcome to Hey, Playwright, a podcast about playwriting and life. Hey, Mabel. Hey, Tori. What a wonderful week. My heart is full. Why is your heart full, Tori? Lots of theater, lots of oh. live in-person theater. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's been a really f- a busy couple of weeks for us. Yeah, it's almost. Does it feel like it's back to normal, except for the 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 paperwork that we have <laughs> to show for the at the extra beginning? Paperwork. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, and and hey, thank you for that heads up about putting the vaccination card. Uh, on my phone, like, um, you know, going to the website and uploading. It's a part of my wallet. It's so much easier. I, I yes. really love that. Although I still have to take my driver's license out. So, you know, what the, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, I mean, there is that extra step. We are still yeah. in a pandemic. So, mm-hmm. you know, I appreciate taking those extra measures to make sure that we are as safe as possible if we're gathering inside. Yes. So, yeah, but uh, wow. What have we done? Uh, well, let's see. On Tuesday, we saw Trouble in Mind at the Old Globe. On Friday, we saw uh, the Roustabouts production of a celebration of new writers of color. And boy, was that a fun night. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, and then um, and yesterday... Yesterday, we drove to L.A. to check out, <laughs> I can't, it's just, you know, I, I, I'm got. there's, a, okay, so, warning to our listeners, there is a lot of gushing in this episode. Yeah. Like, just, just, but I want to convey that it is a sincere gushing, because... I mean, the reason why we started this <laughs> this podcast is because there are these people out there that we think are doing amazing work, and we just we just want to know more. We <laughs> just want to connect with these human beings, and if they say yes, and we get very excited about it. So i I would like to say that this show it's all killer, no filler. <laughs> okay, <laughs> because I'm so blown away by. By the work, by the people that we've had on the show and the work that they're doing and stuff. But so I guess I just wanted to say, because that's coming up. You'll hear it in the episode. And and we just want, I just want you all to know that it is it is genuine and heartfelt. It's not like, oh, you're on the show. Cool. No, it's like, oh, you're on the show. This is super rad. Especially because the people that we are, the people, spoil, like, oh, there's a foreshadowing Spoilers. of what's to come. The couple that we're having on the show um, was on our list of when we first started talking about doing a podcast, we knew that we wanted to reach out to them. So this is an exciting, this is an exciting show for us. Um, But (laughs) before we get to that, you know, you know, Tori, how I feel about the work of Idris Goodwin. Yes. And I know how you feel about the work of Idris Goodwin. And boy, does that dude not disappoint. Because yesterday we went to L.A. to Sacred Fools Theater and got to watch how we got on. Yeah, and it it was so uplifting and magical. 
it was just great. The actors did a great job. The like just and and I don't know about you, Mabel, but I, I could just really hear Idris's voice. You know, like he yes. has, as his voice as a playwright. Um, yes. Yeah, and and we've gotten to enjoy his work virtually. Yes. You know, we've we've gotten to see quite a few, but getting to actually go in person and you know, have that shared experience that we as theater makers just crave and love so much. It was really, it felt very emotional for me. And yes, Idris, Mm. you got me. But I also had a moment in, I think we've talked about this before that I've had, I had that moment where I didn't want to be in the live theater because mm-hmm. there was, there was a moment in the play mm. where I just, I just wanted to cry. I just wanted oh, to have yeah. my, my private moment of just bawling and, and then I can't do that with people around, you know? And like, well, you I, can, but yeah, no, I know. But saying. like, you know, <laughs> it's, I don't feel comfortable yeah. crying in public. And so, um, I would have really, <laughs> I would have really cried were I watching it in my home, but I would not trade that experience because the, the powerful performances, the music, like just the, it was just, we talked about this when we were watching Hype Man, right? Mm-hmm. Cause we saw that as a virtual performance and how rad it would have been to see it live. And I feel like we got that with how we got on. Yes, it was very satisfying. Oh, yes. So yes. so grateful to be live. I'll just watch Terms of Endearment and have a good cur- Oh my god, how did did I just super age myself? Raise your hand if you even know what that is. <laughs> well, listen, next time that we're in the theater and you feel like it cuz I stopped myself from having that emotional moment too. I mean, for me, it was during that really beautiful, that lovely monologue. And I just, oh, I was feeling all the feels and, mm-hmm. and next time Mabel will, will we'll just go to my car and on that car ride home, <laughs> we'll just cry. Yeah. <laughs> we could have, we could have, we could have done it. Yeah. We could have, but I, I felt the very, you know, the very end, there's that amazing number that just like lifts you back up. Yeah, but I also, wanna... but I wanted to cry there too. Oh gosh, it's so yes. beautiful, you know, Enjoy and it's it. like, yes. It was joyous, yeah. yes. We thoroughly enjoyed it. And and the actors did, they, they did a great job. And um, and I'm glad I got to experience that in, in a theater with other people and with you. And yeah. So because I believe it was about, it was almost a year ago that we were interviewing Idris for the podcast. So it's just been so nice to see several different uh, offerings, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. some for adults, some that were TYA, some, that, I mean, of course, any that can be enjoyed intergenerationally. So yeah, yeah, fabulous. And it, the play got extended. Yes. So if you oh. want to go check it out, it's it's uh, running through March 12th again at um, Sacred Fools Theater in Los Angeles. And you know what else I thought was pretty cool about going over there to see a play is that there were so many theaters, small theaters on that row of Santa Monica Boulevard in Hollywood. And I thought that really lifted my spirits, too, to think so many of these small theaters managed to stay afloat during the pandemic. And so 
that that was that was kind of cool to see as well. Yeah. And just a, a quick little plug for the Dramatist Guild for any playwrights who are listening right now. When we went to see Trouble in Mind at the Old Globe, both Mabel and I used our Playwrights Welcome with our Dramatist Guild card, our membership card. It's a great program. Mabel, you want to give the plug? <laughs> I thought you just did. <laughs> well, what Playwrights Welcome is, is if you are, oh, if you are, if you're a Dramatist Guild member and you have that, that little black card, if that, if the theater is partnering with Dramatist Guild, you can see the show for free. You get one ticket per Dramatist Guild card. And so we were able to see Trouble in Mind for free because we are Dramatist Guild members. And that's that's pretty cool. Yes, that is very cool. And this is how I'm going to segue into who's coming up. Um, I learned about the Playwrights Welcome benefit through my Dramatist Guild, our Dramatist Guild rep, Thelma Verada de Castro, who we have had on the show. And so Thelma is just an amazing human being. I mean, for many reasons, right? She's a she's a super talented playwright. She is uh she's just a colleague that is just one of those people that that if you need anything, she shows up and, and she helps. And we had mentioned, right? I think we went out to dinner at one point and we're just talking about like who's next on who who you want to interview like what's up yes. and we talked we 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 mentioned oh we want to interview Mike Lou and Rihanna Lou Mirza <laughs> and she's like oh I know Rihanna <laughs> and one thing led to another she sends uh, she sent an email and we were so lucky to be connected with Rahana Lou Mirza and Mike Lou, who are playwrights, parents, and partners, the three Ps, which is exciting because they wrote the book together for Bangin' It at La Jolla Playhouse. A which Bangin' is New Musical. A Bangin' New Musical, yes. And that is coming up on March 8th, and it runs through April 17th. So it's really exciting that we got to interview these two powerhouses of the theater. And get to talk to them about what it's like to write together, to parent together, to do all of the things and still love each other. Holy cow. As with all of our episodes, there will be a writing prompt at the end of this one. And what's exciting about this writing prompt that's going to be offered by Rahana is uh, we do have a ticket giveaway. So you need to listen because more of the details are going to be given at the end of the episode. But enjoy this awesome conversation with Mike and Rahana. Welcome, welcome. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Hello. So we're feeling very grateful to have the two of you together because you co-collaborate um, all the time, which is really exciting, but also it makes me go, how, how does that work? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, Mabel, when we were talking about questions that we wanted to ask you, she said, um, how do you work together and stay together? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, what's really funny is that just the other day when we were driving to the playhouse together, I had like this memory of a podcast of a, of a husband and wife team that worked together. And they were like, 
we drive separately to like work and that's how we like work together and stay together. And I was literally sitting in the car being like, I don't know how to drive. <laughs> just like, just kept thinking that. Um, and then, I don't know, I guess that doesn't really answer the question, but that's kind of what sparked. We um, <laughs> have tried a lot of different configurations of working together. Like um, I've uh, directed something that Rohana wrote, Rohana produced something that I wrote. And um, we quickly figured out that like the power dynamics have to be equal um, and the responsibilities have to be uh, the same. So we can like dramaturg each other's plays or we can co-write, um, but we are not as good at like, <laughs> at, like a, um, a, like a power dynamic that isn't completely 50, 50. And then um, I feel like we, started out by just sort of reading each other's work and being really intrigued by it and learning how to talk about each other's plays without um, asserting what we would do with our own, like if it were our own work, like just like really learning the other person's voice and being like, um, since this is what you're trying to do with your script, then maybe this is a route to do that as opposed to like, if this were my play, I would do this. And um, our styles were like really different starting out. Uh, but over time, I think that a lot of our worldview and sensibilities have merged and we have a really um, shared uh, desire to like uh, do character driven work. That's like political and meaty and funny. And so those uh, shared sensibilities make it so that like in some way it doesn't become about like ego or about like who's right. It's like really the, the story matters and the characters matter and their emotional journey matters the most. And then, and then we kind of do like a labor split and like, I feel like Rohana does these like really fast, like skeletal uh, first rights. Whereas I would take forever to do like a first draft, but then I do like a bunch of detailed work after that. Like, um, and she's not as like uh, detailed. So it's like, it's, I don't know. I mean, this is now uh, like over the course of collaborating for 10 to 15 years. So it's gotten pretty, intricate and, and um, sort of the division labor is pretty uh, clear to us now, but it, it, a lot of stumbling to get there. Yeah. I mean, I think for us, we love what we do and we love each other. And so it made sense that we would just mash it all together into a big old mess. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know if it's like for everyone, because we are like, even as a family, we have two kids and they're like, we, even if, we live in New York, in Brooklyn and we have like 600 square feet of space and we're just like on top of each other all the time. And even if we get to a place that has more space, we're like just like all tucked into a little corner together. <laughs> and so like I want there's like a little bit of like dependency that maybe isn't healthy. I don't know. There's also like no um, <laughs> there's no division of like um, our art life and our life life. Like there's no right. like we're going to go to bed and sleep on it and not talk about work. Like we're so driven by um the writing that like whatever like whatever personal fight we have is going to end up in the play and like whatever <laughs> is going to drive a personal fight <laughs> it sounds magical like, it really does just being able to have um your art kind of driving everything and that that you're able to still come together and like each other love each other <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I will say also that one of the tricky things is that um, we've also learned to, um, 
we've coerced each other into into doing a joint project like you know we've twisted each other's arms and that doesn't really work and i think that like uh because some of our interests are in different areas like i think rohana's more tv curious and like i'm a little bit more like theater purist and like um we we just have to like also give each other the space to like this is a joint project this is a solo project like this is something that and not like um not try to uh dictate like w- each other's output because that could be really stifling mm-hmm. if it's sort of like this partnership works so everything has to be like a joint thing and you know what I mean? and like mm-hmm. not do it right. from a from like a career standpoint but more from like a, this makes sense to tell this story together so, uh, can i can i ask what does tv curious mean <laughs> <laughs> it means that i'm uh i'm curious enough to sort of stick my nose in a little bit but not yet committed enough to live in LA <laughs> got it got it but you like did the HBO fellowship and yes. I, I um uh yeah so I mean that was curious enough to travel back and forth and right yeah so it means like I'll I'll I'm looking I'm looking at it <laughs> Rahana how did you come to playwriting yeah, I was always writing something, and I, I, when I was 16, my sister encouraged me to take a playwriting class at a local college, and then once I did, I got bit by the bug. Was your sister a theater person, or just kind of randomly, she knew you were a writer? And... No, yeah, she she's more of the, like, business-minded person, so she works, she's like, so... And she's an older sister, so she's good at bossing me around. <laughs> so for a while, we ran a theater company together. Um, oh, oh, that's cool. Yeah, so she was sort of producing, uh, creative producing, and I was sort of artistic directing, but we were kind of just similar to sort of our, like my, Mike and, and uh, my relationships were kind of like hands on everything and just kind of like, uh, yeah triaging all everything at all times and we live together too so i don't really draw good boundaries oh wow (laughs) that's like the moral of the story if you come into my life i will have zero boundaries (laughs) but somehow it works yeah it works (laughs) and then mike what was your journey like oh i um uh fell into it and i fell into theater in college like i just really um all of a sudden uh, started to get completely absorbed by theater and directed a lot. And then when I moved to New York, I shifted over to playwriting because I started to, it felt as though um, you had to have a really signature style as a director or have a ton of money. And um, I hadn't even <laughs> started to want to write my own stories. And um, so then I just uh, really got serious about playwriting kind of uh, professionally, like early early professional career. I read an article, Mavella shared it with me that, that um, talks about your story together, how you met. And it was that New York times article. I believe. Oh, it, it, Jose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Totally. Wow, they, they, told, they, they really went deep in that one. <laughs> it was, a, it was such a fun story though. It really was to hear. So if, if you maybe, um, we'll put a link to it in, in the show notes, but if you want to give just the, the quick version of how you 
met. I think it's a, I think it's a really lovely story. So. Yeah, I grew up uh, here in San Diego, and um, when we met, we uh, met through Mayi Writers Lab, uh, which is an Asian theater company in uh, New York. And uh, Rahana was at Columbia at the time, and I was like very nude in uh new york and came in with like a skateboard he was um, late you were late i was, <laughs> I was like who is this dude um, and, and yeah then we, like uh, i was writing these really broad comedies and rohana was writing these um sort of uh uh chamber pieces about south asians and um and like fights uh within the community and um and they were like these really heavy dramas and um so we were just kind of like what are you doing with those pages? Give me that play. <laughs> I have to read this. <laughs> um, and so we just got really obsessed with each other's voice and, um, uh, and then started secret dating in the lab. And, um, <laughs> and like every, every labby sort of figured out one by one. <laughs> um, and then eventually we married it to the lab. And then um, now we're in residence there at my, um, We've been on a, a multi-year uh, residency at, um, with the Mellon Foundation, and um, that's uh, largely how we were able to keep working on uh, banging it. Yes, and speaking of banging it, so this is the production that is coming up at La Jolla Playhouse, which is why you you are in San Diego now and in rehearsals. I'm assuming, right? You're in rehearsals yeah, right now for great. it. Um, week four of five. Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> and we've been working on it since like 2014. Um, our composer, uh, lyricist, is Sam Wilmot, and um, the three of us met in the 24 Hour Musicals. And um, he was like this great marriage counselor because you, uh, 24 Hour Musicals, you start <laughs> right at like 10 p.m. and you go until 5 a.m. and um, write a 10 minute musical. And um, we were just like loopy and at each other's throats, and <laughs> like uh, we were writing this thing about um, like a like a early mom and uh rahana had like this baby doll like uh tucked into her um shirt and was like i'm gonna take a nap and like and sam was like uh <laughs> i don't know what this unique organism is but i think i want to ride on this <laughs> and, um, um, and then we met up like uh the next year and wanted to um figure out a longer project that we could do and uh, settled on this can you talk about banging it and what it's about yeah, so like in my early 20s, I got obsessed with intercollegiate Bhangra competitions. And Bhangra is sort of an Indian folk dance that's now been sort of popularized through hip hop and sampling and, um, and these competitions. And so I just like followed dance groups around the United States watching all these. Um, and I loved sort of the drama both on the stage and behind the stage and just was like was really into it and then had written, I think around the time Mike and I had met through Mai, I'd written a screenplay about it um, and then kind of shelved it for a while. And then when we met Sam, Sam had been talking about his love for golden age musicals and danceicals and um, and comedy. And then I so I pulled out the old screenplay and was like, is this something you'd want to work on? Um, and then that was it. And we started reconstructing it and slowly it became uh, clear what the story is, which is basically it follows the story of Mary, a mixed race college student who's trying to figure out her connection to her own culture. And so she is on this intercollegiate Bhangra team 
um, but doesn't quite feel like she fits. And when she tries to jam in like her own experiences into the team, uh, she ends up having a huge altercation and then ends up forming a new team of misfits. Um, But then that team doesn't quite fit uh, who she is either. And so it becomes a larger question of the people who you build community with and who are you responsible to, to and how do you figure out who you are when um, you're full of shifting, complicated identities? Wow. Mm. And it's a musical comedy. And, and a musical <laughs> comedy. And I imagine it has the most beautiful dance numbers. Yes. Oh, my God. Uh, you know, we had like a bunch of like stage readings of it, you know, obviously as we were developing it over the years and just getting to see the dancing. I'm just like, I'm so glad the music is being played loud because I'm squealing the entire time. I just like, it's so amazing. And there's like a four person choreography team. Um, We started working with uh, Ruj Vaidya as like the primary choreographer. And um, it became clear that the, dance was like such a huge job so Rouge's uh true specialty is Bollywood um and uh and then we brought on like a a a Bhangra specialist to be associate choreographer and then like a like sort of dance movement (laughs) people to um, the musical stage yeah to do kind of like more of the traditional MT type stuff and so it's like uh it's you can just see that there's a lot of um like Dan's expertise required to make the thing work, which is crazy for us because it's like, it's been um, since 2014, I can't do the math, but uh, <laughs> eight years of, of seeing mostly readings and and, um, and not getting to see the sort of fully dimensionalized thing that we've been imagining. And so then uh, to finally get to that place has been pretty fun. How are you guys <laughs> feeling? Like it's been this, this, it's like, eight years of working on this and like now you're 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 getting to that point it's like how are you feeling about it this is crazy it's pretty humbling um i we uh we we saw fun home and um and uh we kept on bumping into lisa cron on the um on the subways and so we were like oh (laughs) and it was this crazy thing where like you were like really drawn to her and like it was was like a weird stalker i'd be like on the subway bench and I will un like unravel and restack your life for the next three stops. Then I have to go. <laughs> like, she was saying that it took her like you know six seven years to make that, and I was just like, we'll 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 never take that long. And then I know that there's been COVID, but like, why did I think that we could do it any faster? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Um, but yeah, it's been a long uh, ride, and yet uh, we're still making a lot of changes because the more that you get to see of it, the more, you know, fleshed out it gets, the more that uh, you realize how much you have to um, rewrite to get it to that level. Um, So we're completely restructuring the second act, like as we speak and trying to like keep in front of the choreography because you don't want to have scenes that don't work with a, with choreography that does. Right. So we're, while they're trying to like dance out act one, we're like madly scribbling out act two. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, I saw a song. Was it on Twitter? Was it one of the, the actresses singing this? <gasps> it was just breathtaking. So beautiful. Yes, yes, yes. 
Yeah, that's our lead, uh, Ari Afsar, uh, doing a song called Erase You, which is yes. uh, in that's some it. in some measure still in the piece. And, um, it's currently being discussed right now. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> It, you know, it's funny because that song came fairly late in the development of the musical. So I think, you know, they, um, La Jolla had recorded it for their gala during mm. the COVID era. So sometime in the past couple of years. And it was, it was like brand new off the presses, like written for, almost for that gala, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're like, okay, now we have to ramp up into this. <laughs> so it, like it had moved places. It like came towards the end and it didn't feel emotionally truthful towards the end. And so now it's like more towards the middle of the second act. And we're like, okay, but now like, what is the meaning of this song? And how do we get from point A to point B of the song? And it's a whole lot of discussions happening around it. Um, but it's, it's, like, it makes me sob. And like, I feel really dumb at the readings of it that we've had it in where like, she's like, cause Ari has just such a like Insta sob voice. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, she does. She just starts singing it and I'm like <sighs> sobbing. And I think, and everyone in the audience is like, is that the playwright? Like, <laughs> no, like, I th- like what? And I'm just like, don't look at me. No one look at me. <laughs> Nothing to see here. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, so there was an article in HowlRound that the two of you did about, it was in um, May of last year. And it was, what theater do we want to return to? So now that you have something um, opening up at La Jolla Playhouse, what theater are we returning to? So like for, it's so interesting for us, it's hard because this is our first musical process so it's already different than what we were in and also our memories are shot because we're parents of young children I'm just like I don't remember what I was doing a year ago (laughs) but I think for us in particular I have started to really um, say what I need and not just what I need but what the piece needs and to La Jolla's credit, everything that I've said that I need and the piece needs, they've really come through. So uh, early on, I was like, we need cultural consultants, like just to work with marketing, to work with us to figure out like just, you know. And casting. And casting to figure out what is the language around the casting calls? What is the language around the the play musical itself? What is sort of like how do we take the cultural burden off of actors and creative team Um, because we have a job like my job is writer you know and I can't be cultural ambassador I can't be cultural and like a lot of this play deals with how like no one person is sort of like the cultural authority so like how do we then not have like um, every actor in the room arguing over what like a pronunciation of a word should be because everyone's experience of what that word is, is different. So um, we brought in um, cultural consultants to work with that. And then we also have a DEI company um, that let, that set the table for us the first week of rehearsals that like sort of came up with a shared mission statement for the Mm -hmm. company um, values and like how to keep one another accountable to those values. And 
so like that um to me already that's sort of the theater that I want to be in like I was very excited by all of this and then also I guess five days a week of rehearsal (laughs) has been actually very helpful even though as you know even though we're frantically rewriting and so we use that six day to sort of um get ahead of the script as Mike says but like they're just it's just very difficult I, I was like trying to remember I'm like how did I do six days before I don't know if I you know I, I guess I just like I think I had teeth falling out that's how I did it <laughs> um I, I think that like for this project specifically which has a lot of um elements of uh like South Asian identity and and having multiple cultures within an American experience um our experience on the playwriting side, whenever we write something that's culturally specific is that uh, you have actors that are very used to being the only one of their kind in the room and having to sort of speak on behalf of uh, their whole culture. And here, if you have a bunch of people that are coming from different experiences and like a largely South Asian cast and they're, and they're not the only ones um, there's like a little bit of a, um, of a, getting used to uh, the difference between what this story is versus like what your lived experience is. And um, mm-hmm. so that's why the DEI discussion in particular was so helpful was like, how do we engender trust and how do we, um, cause everybody wants to get it right. And, and then everybody's version of culture is different. And so if you see something uh, portrayed fictitiously in this thing that like is slightly different to your own experience, it's like, how do you have that conversation in a way that doesn't, um, make mm-hmm. it about like essentially different people's warring childhoods and then um, be able to voice right. what your own experience has been and accept the difference within this fiction and feel like you're doing it with integrity. And that, um, but there's like a huge pressure of like, what is, you know, what is the community going to say about this piece? And like, what does it mean that I'm participating in it? And so if you don't try to establish that trust, it, it can be really creatively stifling, which is why the DEI conversation has been helpful. Wow. And have you, have you, um, or has the production had a response from the community? Cause UCSD has like a major, right. It's like one of the best or is it the best, but competitive. I saw YouTube videos cause I wanted to see like, what does this all look like? And I saw this like giant, beautiful, <laughs> like, you know, somebody had their, their, their phone. It was just like filming like, um, an audition, of uh, for like or they were the tryouts for the UCSD team. So like yeah, have uh, you... the, obviously, um, the UCSD team and the um we have one uh actor in the company who's an alum and also our um associate choreographer is, is an alum as well. Um and so it's like we don't know yet because like we haven't gone to previews yet. we haven't you know but that's what um having cultural consultants is for too is is like how do you contextualize the show so that people mm-hmm. know that like there is Bhangra in it and it's about this intercollegiate team, but it's not supposed to be like a direct like representation mm-hmm. of, um, of the college circuit that it, it's got sort of a larger cultural inquiry at hand. And um, yeah, so we're, and, and it, I think it would be hard to rewrite while also trying to like, I don't know, like <laughs> flyer and tell people what to expect or something, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think that is like a huge part of it is like prepping audiences for what this is because it's not going to be like going to a competition and sitting down and watching, you know, 10 teams compete. Like that's that 
that's a competition. You're going to go to competition. And it's also, it, it's going to be, but it's also not going to be like sitting down and watching Miss Saigon either. It's, it's going to be <laughs> like, so I don't know how to, um, so it's like. We're not marketing people. We don't have to know. How to <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's true. But, but if you were to say to someone who maybe doesn't know, you know, how, what would you, what would you tell them? But what would you say, Hey, this is, or what takeaway, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I think like we're kind of trying to play with tropes and hybridity. And so like we're fusing together the musical theater dance um, comedy form with sort of the, like with some with cultural elements and so and cultural norms of like um of specific you know south asian styles and so i guess what we're trying to do is also like undermine those tropes by creating this hybridity and so it's sort of like taking a bad news bears or bring it on or pitch perfect and then like subverting that with like cultural Mm -hmm. elements and cultural identity. It's going to be so good. I'm really excited. Oh. <laughs> uh, no, now, did either of you have any sort of musical background? I know that you brought in a composer, right, to to work with you on that. But this is our yeah, this is our first musical, so we're like very steeped in like straight up playwriting. And um, Sam is so steeped in musical theater, and so this was like really a marriage of like our race politics and our play sensibilities with Sam's like deep love of um, MT, particularly like golden age uh, musicals. And um, so our education in musicals is coming a lot from Sam. And then uh, I, uh, I joined the uh, Dramatist Guild Council around the same time that uh, that we started working on this and, and everybody that's on council is also Tony voter. So then I started to see with Rahana mostly like, but some, sometimes other people who twisted my arm to come to, but like, um, like every musical <laughs> that was happening on Broadway. And like, we had, I, I think that like over the 10 years that prior, like uh, seen maybe two Broadway shows a piece, like, cause it's, you know, it's so inaccessible. And right. uh, so all of a sudden we're, starting to catch up on kind of the canon because there, there's not a ton of musicals out there. It's not like new plays. There's like so many, right? Like new, mm-hmm. new musicals, it's actually, it's actually a lot uh, fewer because they take so long to make. And um, so we're seeing all these revivals and kind of what's out there and getting this like really quick education on like what musicals can do, what we can pull off like in musicals versus what we'd be able to pull off playwriting and like how best to, um, to use the form. And uh, so it's been this real whirlwind education, even though we've admired musicals from afar, it's, it's like um, all of a sudden having to learn how to do it. it. There's just so many moving parts. Like my mind is just boggled the thinking about how, how to put all of those puzzle pieces together. So would you write the lyric or, you know, write the, write the lyrics to, and then would Sam come in and, compose or how how did that marriage work so sam and it was um is ending up doing the lyrics and the music okay um, 
And so how we work, and again, because it's our first musical, we have like no idea if this is the norm. I'm told that every team does it differently. So I think that there is no norm, if that makes you feel any better. Yeah, great. So we're not messing <laughs> it up. But, this, but how we've done it. <laughs> we, um, yeah, we would write. So we had like an existing screenplay that we decided like, let's just throw this out. Like, let's just like grab characters, figure out what characters we're going to add, restructure it based on... Um, we the needs of, of the musical yeah. versus needs of a screenplay. Right. And so then we ended up like song spotting basically. And then w- we would write a scene um, where we thought a song would go. And then Sam would basically take that, swallow it, and then like, and spit it out and be like, no, this, now <laughs> this it's doesn't a song. Sound like, and then we, no, would... But he, we would do several versions of a oh, yeah. scene oftentimes because, you know, even if we had uh, agreed on like what the song would be our take might not sing for him or, um, or the way that they're, uh, that we played the scene out, like doesn't feel like an entry point that he would want. And then, and then eventually we get to a point where he's like, I know how to, I know how to do that song now. And so he'd pluck out like the, the center of it and like make lyrics out of it. And then, and then be like, what do you think of this? And we would talk through kind of whether it felt like it was the right, um, approach or not and sometimes it would just be looking at lyrics and not even looking at the song and sometimes it would be both um and then once he gets the song to a place that he feels good about it then we'll fix those bookends um but it's become really symbiotic because the first like few songs that he made it was like you know nine or ten back and forth either of of scenes or of lyrics and then more recently, maybe out of necessity, um, but I think also out of getting to know each other so well, he'll now pluck straight lines and make them rhyme somehow. And it's like, you can't like really tell um, who did what or sort of, or, or, or oh, the wow. best songs are like, you can see that like, oh, this was clearly the three of you. Like, if you know us well, that you would know that n- no one of us could have done it. Mm. There was one, our very first song, Rest in Peace, was was actually I think um I had written like some I don't even know if you like I had written some like angry rant and then you just like like adjusted it and then Sam took it and then made the song completely whole out of it and maybe that's why that song is cut (laughs) (laughs) Um, but there was one song that was very easy to the like the very first song was very easy and then after that it got we were like oh beginner's luck (laughs) (laughs) and it's gotten to the point where we really share lyrics and book pieces like before putting them in that it like it's it's now at a point of um, refinement and intricacy that like we can't just like rewrite a scene and toss it in there because uh, he's going to have something to say about it and he can't just do a new song and toss it in there because it, it's not going to say what it needs to. Um, so yeah, that's how we're working. This time. <laughs> it's amazing. It's, it's amazing it's- that, that you all like it's a symbiotic relationship and that you've become because there's like, like, it's amazing that you two, right, as Tori and I, we, we're both married to creative people, but mm-hmm. working with them seems like it would be a deal. I don't know how it would work out <laughs> over here, yeah. Yeah, so, like, so the fact that, that you two, you know, are, are collaborating so beautifully, and now you 
bring this third person in and you guys are like have really formed this this tight machine for lack of a better word that's amazing that's wonderful does this process uh make you want to do more musicals do you think there are more musicals in your future i took a breath <laughs> because i was just thinking about um well i think for me like I've been a little bit like weepy nostalgic because it's all going up and I'm like, oh my God, this has been like eight years. And like our very first read was like the one week after our first child was born. Mm. So like I've just been like thinking about the life of like the life behind the life of a musical and like, you know, as you know, we're carting our kids around San Diego and I'm like, oh my gosh, like like how different we are and how much life we've lived behind the scenes of this musical. And then I guess like the thought, like when I think of another musical, it's not just the musical, it's like the years of your life that you put into it and the years that you live outside of it as well. And I guess I got a little deep there. No. (laughs) Wow. That was all in that inhale. Yes. Wow. (laughs) It's really beautiful. um, Yes. I mean, I would say that, like, uh, yes, I want to do others, but that I wouldn't casually get into it knowing now um, Mm. how long it takes. And um, you really, really have to care about the story um, to keep pushing that boulder up the hill. Before we started recording, I mentioned that um, that HowlRound piece about parenting, which was really which is really a powerful piece to read because when I read it, I was a mom and I, and I had been in rooms where people were like, Oh, you have to bring your kids. Cause you know, I had little kids and like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not going to leave them at home. I don't have a babysitter for them. So, so I really would love to talk about how, and so you have, so how old are your children now? If I may ask. They're, they're about to be six and three. Right now, five and two at this very minute. You're still very much in it, right? You're like you and like having a toddler is its own challenge, right? Because they're they're mobile and they have a <laughs> mind of their own and it's fantastic. Yeah. Um so um so I one of the things that I really loved about this this new piece is that you really mentioned the the family, like the factoring in resources for for playwrights or for creatives with families so can you talk about what it's been like to raise a family while while continuing to be so like just just really in it I mean as you said like the art is part of it's it's all in there it's not like you're separating your your family life and your artistic life yeah it's hard yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's it's um I'm not sure, like, we're so in it that it's hard to, like, see straight and, like, maybe we'll have some sort of perspective on it at some point. But, like, I think, I mean, it's, it's like, managed chaos, I will say. And sometimes it's unmanaged chaos. And, like, (laughs) I think what we're trying to figure out is, like, the balance of, um, I mean, there is no balance. So like right now, like before we came out, I I sat down with our five-year-old and I say, hey, look, the next three months is going to be bananas. 
what you have to figure, what you need to understand is that like, you're not going to see a lot of mommy and daddy. Mommy and daddy are going to be like, and what you need to understand is that after this three months is over, we're going to spend time with you. <laughs> and it's, like, it's going to be great. But you got to hang on to that. And he's like, got it. I'm like, you don't got it. But just <laughs> it's like, it's fine. <laughs> like, figure it out. You know, I mean, I think when we wrote that first Hell Around article, uh, we only had one kid and they were relatively mm -hmm. young. And I would say that it was like a cute and charismatic struggle. And this is <laughs> like a more like brutal trench warfare type struggle. Um, so... In answer to your question, like logistically speaking, like we're, we're, I'm from San Diego originally. So I have, we have some grandparent help. And then we're also dividing time among um, uh, a couple of rotating sitters. And, um, and it's the most that we've been away from our kids ever. Uh, <laughs> and, um, and it's, you know, it's just like, it, like uh, it's crazy because we have to drive back from rehearsal. Um, if anybody wants any piece of us, we're like, we'll talk to you later. Sorry. And uh, relieve the sitter quickly, make dinner, make lunches for the next day, bathe them and put them down. And then after that, maybe do like a notes call um, and uh, repeat that like f five days, have one family day on the sixth day and then go back to work on the seventh. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I mean, I will say, I don't know. I think we, what we are good at <laughs> It's like a duo too is like logistics mode. And so like we have before any process, we have like a heavy duty, like two week logistics mode where we just like go into like frenzied overdrive. So like I got the name of like four or five sitters. Cause I'm like, not all of them are going to pan out. We need like a, we need a revolving door of people coming through here and we can't burn any one person out. Cause they will get burned out. <laughs> two kids. <Yeah. laughs> um, and then we were like, okay, and then we have to, like, find a space that will, like, be conducive to, like, Mike's parents swooping in for emergency. Like, when we're stuck at rehearsal, and we're like, we need you to relieve the sitter. Um, so we have to find a place that's, like, close to them, closer to them, but not too far away from the playhouse. And then, like, so we really, like, try to get as firm an infrastructure as possible, knowing that, like, you know, our oldest will get the stomach flu in week two of rehearsal and everyone will panic and we'll just have to shut it down and go run to get PCR tests and bunker for three days and like, uh. you know, and then like come back. And in some ways, like living through a pandemic right now actually has made it a little bit easier to like, like just be like, no, not happening. We're shutting down as a family and we will resume activity in like three to four days because <laughs> um, people get it. Like, I think the curveballs are like not just people with families. It's for like everyone. Right. right. Mm -hmm. You talked also earlier about like, um, uh, like uh, asking for what you need from a theater. And I think that in some ways that's uh, experience, but in another way, I think it started with the kids because yes. when you're thinking about doing like a, like if I was thinking about going to the O'Neill or something and we were thinking about bringing the kid or, or all coming as a family, like, either it's either going to be that like I go by myself for like what they ask for is like, you know, three, four weeks and you're solo parenting for three, four weeks is unfair to you or we all go as a family. But if we all go as a family, then like we have to have concretes about what's our setup going to be. Mm -hmm. And so then I feel as though we've gotten more bold about saying what we need because we're doing it for our kids and not because we're doing, it's harder when you're like 
just doing it for your play. And you're like, oh my gosh, thanks, mister, for letting me be here. And like, you know, as a, like, no, like <laughs> access to clean water for this formula <laughs> in the middle. I can't like, you know, I can't do the shared bathroom thing or like, I, you know, like what <laughs> do you have a Brita there or whatever, whatever that is. Like, but um, I think that we started getting a lot more solid about like what we needed because we were like, what do we need to parent well-being there? And I think that this process is ironically a little bit easier than if it, I mean, what, it's harder logistically because we're both in rehearsal, but if only one of us was in rehearsal and it's for this like two month long high stakes thing, I think it would be harder because between us, like we are constantly thinking through like, what are the opportunities that are coming up? What does that like put on the other partner and um, how do we make it work for each other? Which is one of our biggest struggles. Like, mm-hmm. Um, harder than working together is, um, and especially because I feel as though uh, the opportunities are not like always even. It's like people go on streaks, or you know, or or um, things clump, and and so it's sort of like how do we uh, have kids and give the space to each other to like do our work and not put it on the other person also that like you're not letting me do my art or whatever you know. I mean, like it, like mm-hmm. those convos is so difficult, so at least in this case, we're both needed in rehearsal so we don't have to hash, hash that out. Yeah. Wow. When you are not opening a show, are you, are you, do you both write? Cause I remember like reading in, in that, that HowlRound piece about finding time to write while the baby was sleeping. Oh, yeah. um, and like, so, so what does that, how do you find time to, do you write every day or do, how does that work? I, I use, I mean, it depends on what, if we're, yeah, not in production. I think when we weren't in production, I, I was writing pretty much daily when the, when the kid was in school. They're so now we, both in school. Yeah. Um, it was much harder um, when they were toddler infants. And um, I, I don't know. It was weird. I feel like for the first kid, you were like, is this the end of my career? And for the second one, I was like, is this the end of my career? And like, uh, because you just get put in baby jail and you're like, I, I can't be woken up all night and I can't, I don't have the space to dream. And like, you're, you're, uh, you have uh, people that are, <laughs> you have to like maintain their consciousness. Like mm-hmm. when, you know, when's the last time this kid ate? When's the last time this kid um, like <laughs> took a bath? And like, so like, that's all in your head instead of the creativity stuff. But like now at least they're in school. And I think that we got a lot more disciplined about, um, I used to be so bad about like, I have to have the exact ideal conditions in order to write. And now it's like, <laughs> that kid's gone. I am at the typewriter. Like, <laughs> Yeah. I know we have like ridiculous conditions now and we're still we're just like, Oh good. There's no heat. There's a clanging in the walls and I get to sit down and write. <laughs> it's just like, I don't know. Like we've had like some, just not conducive like you know like at some point we would have been like this isn't conducive and i'm like is there no kid here i'm writing yeah (laughs) and then we also i think are juggling more projects and um doing longer lob projects because um and that's why banging it has been really helpful and co-writing recently has been really helpful because um Mm -hmm. with like babies um you just have so little bandwidth. So if like, so you're like, what the hell was it? What were we writing about? And then the other person reminds you, you're like, oh yeah. And I don't think that we'd be able to do that on solo projects. And like, because it takes so long to make a musical anyway, that it's like nice to, um, I don't think that I could like 
uh, be on the same pace of like writing a new play every one to two years by myself. Uh, so the nature of our projects shifted a little bit too. I'm I'm so inspired and in awe of of this of 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 you two and and how you're making it work. It's it's really admirable. You might not remember it, but what happened like 15 minutes ago, but like from the outsider's perspective, it's it's really amazing. That's really nice to say because we don't have any sense. We're just- <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if the memory thing gets any better. By the way, I have a 14 year old, and you know. <laughs> We were holding out hope that our brains would repair itself at some point. <laughs> and I still have to worry about, did she eat? Did she shower? Did she... <laughs> it's like, come on. Oh, no. But, but I, like Mabel said, totally mad respect and admiration for, for everything you're doing artistically and as a family, like in that you're, like you said at the beginning, you still, you still seem to have deep affection for one another. <laughs> so that's that's awesome and i am really excited to see banging it um and knowing the backstory and how how much time you spent on it and how it came to be that's just gonna make it an even more enriching experience for me just look for the sobbing playwright in the back (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness Cool. All right. Well, let's lighten things up. I, um, Tori's going to ask you a phenomenal question, asking for friends. <laughs> All right. Here is the question. What song would you choose for an epic dance routine? Ooh. And you can, you can each answer. You don't, it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be the same song unless you want to like discuss and then give like one final answer. It's up to you. You collaborate so well. So, what, what oh. should we do? Should we collaborate? Oh no! I think just, uh, <laughs> you want to go solo things. on this yeah. one. <laughs> well, I would let. I want to do a mashup, but oh, mashup? what? Oh, you can do a mashup. Yeah, mashup of each other's. Let's do it. What is what is yours? I was. Oh, really? Yeah, that's yours. Yeah. <laughs> typing it. What's your? Are you typing it in? <laughs> I wanted something more upbeat. I'm really bad okay, at Okay, but you could but we do a mashup. Type out your thing and then I'll and then I'll um audibly judge yours too. <laughs> <laughs> Which one? Oh my gosh, the anticipation. Why is this podcast four hours long? Yeah. What are you looking you're looking up for your song? Tell us how to. Wow. Okay. What do you think? uh, Should we do it? Yeah, I guess so. It'll be a mashup of single ladies in September. (laughs) 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 Oh my gosh. Whoa. I don't think it goes. <laughs> no, I'm, I love I mean, it. Yeah. Hey, I mean, I think you can make anything work. I really do. I think I do. We have a team of four choreographers. That can <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sure. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Mabel was, um, when we were thinking of the question, she said that she's a fan of the flash mob. Mm. <laughs> and so, so do you, do you see this as a flash mob? Do you see this is a there's a flash mob potential? It's it it's complicated. It would be 
different. I would, I would send this out to someone who's like proposing. Mm-hmm. And I would be like, oh. even if they didn't want it. We really- <laughs> I think it'd be better if they didn't want it. I know. <laughs> yeah. I think I mob because I think that we're we're now so trained to be like, you have to know what this dance means. It's part of this musical, and like you have to like there has to be the story there. So I think that we would do like a like a um, decline proposal into dance, uh-huh. <laughs> and then see what happens within that dance. That um, like what the what the resultant uh, answer is. <sighs> I think that would be a heck of a lot of fun. <laughs> the next musical. They have to say yes. <laughs> no, it's a decline proposal. Well, no, come on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. One moment, please. <laughs> it's a decline, but then there's a surprise. Yeah, but then there's a surprise. And then, and then what happens? And I think that's fun. The because journey. then that would be sad. Well, no, no. <laughs> Who knows? It could be the beginning of a new journey. It could be the beginning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, the character's journey continues after the play ends, right? Yeah. We have to believe it's going to continue. <laughs> uh, On to the next one. On to the next one. <laughs> Decline? That's okay. <laughs> <All right. laughs> it's a musical. <laughs> um. Okay, so now we come to the part of our program where we we like to give our listeners something to do. So that's a big that's a big part of our podcast is is getting people to write. So writing prompts. Yes, I I do. The, Mike has a an aversion to writing prompts, so therefore I do these. Right on. <laughs> um, but mine's like a. It's like I usually do a multi parter. So like, oh, nice. Get ready. (laughs) So what I like to do is like first, like you ground yourself, take a deep breath and then think of an item from your childhood. Like a, it can be any sort of item, but like use all your, try to activate all your five senses and thinking about it, like sense of smell, sense of taste, sense of, you know, the five senses. <laughs> you all know what that is. Yes. <laughs> um, so as you write, so start writing a description of that item using all five of your senses. And after like a minute of just free writing and activating that, imagine a character holding that object and just free write about the character. What are they like? What are they thinking? What are they feeling? You know, what is their relationship to the object? all these things take a couple of minutes to do that then have another character enter into the room and they want that object and write the scene mm. i like that that's good yeah i dig it you know you're never going to do this exercise no i wouldn't I, no, I, but I, I just like i like the construction of that yeah no i should follow i should do this exercise more for me, like I tend to forget, like I tend to get so myopic in my writing that I tend to forget like that I need to be using all of my senses and that I need to be going back down to the bare basics of like two characters, they want something and like, how do you get that going again? Yeah, I, I love exercises that um, that ask you to investigate the senses. I think that can that can be really powerful, especially 
tied to childhood and memory. Yeah. Like that. Mm, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. But Mavelle, are you already thinking of something? I am. I know. <laughs> I can see it. Yeah. I was totally picturing the object. Yeah. Was, yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. Oh my gosh. Okay. All right. So, but we're so thankful um, to, to talk with you and we, we are really super excited about, about checking out banging it. Like it's, I think it's going to be incredible. It just, just what I've, just what it is. It's like, how can it not be? Yeah. As a matter of fact, when it came up on the La Jolla Playhouse website. Well, do you remember? Because we were, I, I, I seem to recall coming across your names because we had interviewed Idris Goodwin, who had a play in the the pop tour, Pick Me Last, and went, oh, they've got something coming up. La Jolla yes. Playhouse. Yeah. We got to get it. Yeah, we're like, we're going to get it. We're going to get it. I hope they say yes. I hope they say yes. <laughs> yes. And that's kind of how it's been with asking playwrights. We'll see, I'll read a play by someone, get really excited about it, and then go, well, what's the worst they can say? No? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the declined the declined proposal. That's what we need. We need a hey playwright flash mob. Okay. Oh Mike, what do you have coming up? Oh, I have my play Teenage Dick is um streaming with Pasadena Playhouse through February. And then Seattle Rep is uh, also doing it both live and streaming uh, within relatively the same time frame. You're, you're doing something at South Coast, right? Yeah, my play Tiger Style will be there um, later in the spring, like more April, May. April, May. Yeah. Okay, cool. Okay. Rohana, any plugs for anything you've got going on? I got all my eggs in the banging it basket. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I honestly don't remember. Let me think. I don't think so. I think I clear. I think. I think I'm done. <laughs> I retire after this. <laughs> oh no! It's like no. Marsha Norman and Night Mother. <laughs> no, I can't retire. Good <laughs> to do it. I'll be. I'll continue to be TV curious after this. I'll just continue on that route. Wonderful! Oh my gosh, you guys are amazing. I love it so much. Yeah, it's it's incredible. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much you for having so us. Much. Really getting Thank the you. Yeah, this was fun. Thanks so much for letting us just babble on for an hour. Gosh, it's, <laughs> it's oh my beautiful. gosh, it was so it was so awesome just to listen to you guys talk about your process and how you work together. Thank yeah. you, really. Thank you. Oh, Tori, I, as far as I'm concerned, America's sweethearts. Um, what you all cannot see is how uh, it was just like, you could just see the love, right? Yeah, just so much respect for each other. It was, it was really something to admire. Okay, so as promised, here is how you can win some tickets to Bangin' It, a bangin' new musical at La Jolla Playhouse. There are going to be two winners. Each winner is going to get a pair of tickets valid for performances March 8th through April 17th. It does exclude all Saturday evening performances and special events, but it's an awesome ticket value of $170. So here is what you need to do. So if you're listening to this episode, we know that you actually saw you know, the little, the little posting for it. But now what you need to do, if you're not doing it already, is go to Instagram, follow us on Instagram at Hey Playwright, and then like the post of this episode 
And then in the comment section, you need to post the object that you chose to do for the writing prompt that Rahana gave at the end of the episode, and then tag two people who you think would benefit to listening to our podcast. So again, follow us on Instagram, like the post of the episode, put the name of the object in the comments section of the episode, and tag two people who you think would benefit. And then we're going to do a random drawing for the two winners. All right. All right, everybody. So good luck. Good luck. That is a multi-step process. Oh, and when are we closing? Uh, what, when, when is the deadline for when the deadline? Yes. Thank you. That is important information. The deadline for entering is March 6th. That is Sunday, March 6th at noon Pacific time. All right. Good luck, everyone. I'm excited. Me too. I'm excited to see the show. I can't wait. I really, I am just so, I just mm, can't wait. I know. It's going to be so much fun. Um, all right. So Tori, today is, today is the last day of 28 plays later. <gasps> I have not written my 28th play yet, but I have a great idea that was actually inspired by Rihanna's writing prompt. Oh, that Isn't is that wonderful. Yeah. I will tell you offline all about it. <laughs> Okay. But, uh, but yes, and it's and it's it came to me when she was first telling us the prompt because full disclosure, we recorded this episode a few weeks ago. Um, yeah, it's what was what was going through my head when she talked about it, and uh, and I'm going to turn that into my final play for 28 plays later. Wow, you are in the home stretch. I am. Yeah. I believe I did it. I, I am so proud anything. of you. Okay, now that's not that, true. That's not true. That's not true. I finish, <laughs> I'm a completer to a you're fault. You're a completer, yeah. To, you're to a, a fault. Even yep. if I'm reading a book that I don't like or watching a TV series that I don't like, I'll finish it because mm-hmm. I have yeah. I have problems. Oh, I, have I know. Problems walking away. Oh, no. Mine has to do with the relationships. I totally hear you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in it until the bitter end. <laughs> of, of my own... My own, what would you say? My own demise, not demise. I'm still here. Enemy? I was thinking. Detriment. My own detriment. Your own detriment? Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking that maybe, um, so, you know, Rihanna and Mike have each other. Like, Mm -hmm. we have each other. We have each other. We have each other. I'm telling you, next time we'll be crying in my SUV. (laughs) 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 Oh, gee. Or we just throw caution to the wind and just let it out at the in the theater. Tori, every yeah. time, okay, <laughs> this is nothing to do with anything. But when we were at Trouble in Mind, you know, there's the it's almost like the obligatory somebody unwrapping a piece of candy. Oh right? my gosh, what that in happened? The hell, but I started laughing. Because now every time I hear noises, what do I always think about? <laughs> toenail clippings and people if you have no idea what i'm talking about you need to go back and listen to an episode from i can't even remember our first or second season it was with, the first season with you know robbie what it was luffy. robbie luffy yes yep i will never forget the toenail clipping story <laughs> i will i well i mean i lived it i mean i wasn't the one doing it but i lived it that was a lived experience <laughs> 
<laughs> what is it? Trauma lives in the body. That is in the body. <laughs> I'm going to carry that around. I'm going to hand it down. I love that story. <laughs> oh, yes. As disgusting as it is, I love that story. It is disgusting. Yes. Great. Well, with that, I think we're done here. I think we're done. Yes. Um, so if if you if you are listening to this on a device, subscribe, like us, rate us, um, do all the things, please. And and thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for tuning in. And 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 do 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 that the 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 writing exercise. It's really cool. Even if yeah. you don't yeah. do the Instagram giveaway thing. Do that. It's really, really cool. It's a very profound uh exercise i think i don't know it 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 took yeah. me places so cool all right that's it no more gushing over mike right. and rihanna like it's creepy like again add to the list right it's never gonna get better for yeah. us okay all right tori always a pleasure oh yeah yeah it's a pleasure doing business with you too what <laughs> all right goodbye <laughs> okay all right bye everyone all right